Hewler and Motes are on the air. This Steelers Blitz on your 24th home of the black and gold. SNR Steelers Radio. What's going on, baby? It's Friday noon. You know what that means. Only one thing. It's a Moats host Friday. We got Moats and Eula in the building inside the electric factory for the next two hours. Ah, you know it's going to be a fun show now. It's different than what we're normally accustomed to because typically <laughs> on said Friday, we got a game coming up on Sunday. But in this scenario, it's a little bit different. We have to recap a game that just happened two days ago. And then we're going to also uh, not preview because we're not there just yet. We got another show before we get to there. So we're going to recap and then we're going to still do some of the things we like to do on Friday where we get a little bit of that paper because it's only right. We're putting host modes you to know? the work today. Yeah, 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 actually you are, man. And if y'all don't know. You're, you're earning that paycheck today. Absolutely. And it's not enough. But <laughs> <laughs> if you don't know who that is on the other side of this microphone, that's my man, my partner in crime, Mr. Wesley Yola. <sighs> in between the both of us, one of us has a freely. Really, really good head of hair. Yes, good head of hair. Absolutely. And the other has a decade longer uh, NFL experience. That's up to you to decide. But the thing that we both have in common uh, is that we are big fans Ooh. and radio hosts for the only 11 and mm-hmm. 0 team in the NFL in the year of your Lord 2020. That's right, Arthur Motes. It might be a Thursday. It might be a Friday, actually, here. See, I'm all out of whack. It's a Friday, but that thing still remains the same. And another thing that always remains the same is... I think we got to give it to him, right? For anybody that's, uh, you know, listening to the show, we always like to have an interactive show. Very, very interactive, especially on a Friday. And the best way to do that is top on the Twitter.com, baby. And that is to hit us up at Dabody52. Dabody. And at Wesley Yola. The good hair. Because that's the best way to do it, man. So, you know, just hit us up. Let us know what you want to talk about, man. We're going to get into this Ravens recap a little bit. But more importantly, man, we got big time news, man. My main man, TJ mm. Watt. Was named Defensive Player of the Month for the month of November with his play, and we can all agree he was flat-out dominant this whole month, man. He had very, very big impact plays in all the games that we needed and all the games that were rescheduled multiple times. He still Mm -hmm. showed up, so Mm -hmm. it was good. It was good, man. Yeah, AFC Player of the Month. Uh, the accolades continue to pile up for T.J. Watt this season. This right? is the second He's... time being named uh, Defensive Player of the Month as well. He was yep. named, I think it was for October, that if I remember right. correctly. Yes. So, yeah, yes. back-to-back months for him, man. That's huge. Um I mean, his play's been phenomenal, yeah. man. No, it has. He's, he's right there in the conversation for Defensive Player of the Year uh, with Aaron Donald. I, I think... I don't know if it's fair to say that it's a two-horse race, but I think those two have kind of emerged as the two clear-cut favorites. Yeah. At this point, and you know what? 
It's good to see him get the accolades today, and he's going to need to continue that, if not find uh, even another level here, because the defense is going to need him, going to need that to continue. Uh, but yeah, uh, T.J. Watt, you know, that the entire defense, obviously, and certainly uh, most of what they do is predicated upon the pass rush, and there's a lot of guys that deserve credit in that regard. But man, T.J. Watt, he has been... He has been a menace. He has been wreaking havoc all season. Bro, and I just love the fact that he's done it both in the run game. We've seen him as a pass rush. We saw him this past game and coverage against Hollywood Brown, yeah, man. Yeah. So that's just so the the, the dynamic of TJ. And, I mean, you kind of hinted to it, and we can go ahead and transition into that as well. But he is going to potentially need to pick up the slack even more with the loss of Bud Dupree. It has been confirmed that he tore his ACL. Unfortunately, he'll be out for the season. The Steelers have placed him on injured reserve as well now. I mean, that's very unfortunate because, but, I mean, that that was the best pure edge rush tandem in the league right now. I mean, they they were setting it on fire. It was good to see them back-to-back years continue that dominance. And to lose Bud, I mean, you're losing not only eight sacks, but, I mean, you think about the forced fumbles. You think about his impact in the run game. I mean, it was a lot that he was doing that really opened up a lot more for that defense and more importantly for TJ as well because before Bud had really emerged that uh, last year, I mean, we were seeing where teams starting to slide protection a lot more to TJ, chipping them, doing things where they could really uh, allocate a lot more resources to keeping him out the backfield. Whereas once Bud started dominating the way he did last year and obviously earlier in this year, you couldn't block them like that. And that was ultimately why you could see Bud and TJ really have impacts the way they were having because they were going to be singled up because of each other's play but now with Bud being gone man it's definitely going to be difficult early on now we're not saying that Alex Highsmith and Ola Danny can't come in and win and, and have success but initially they're not going to garner the same type of attention that Bud Dupree was garnering they're not going to be able to ultimately discourage offenses from sliding protections to TJ just yet. Now, if they come out and, you know, these first couple of games they're out there, they have, you know, a lot of splash plays, very similar to Robert Spillane. Well, then we might see a scenario where TJ can still, you know, feast on some of these one-on-one scenarios. But right now, I mean, I think that's going to impact TJ a lot. Yeah. No, I agree with you. And, I mean, TJ has talked about in the past how important, you know, Bud is to him, he is to Bud, how kind of their success plays off of each other. Yeah, I mean, the the concerns with Bud Dupree's injury, right, Motsi, they are multifaceted. I, I feel like it's, it's, it's three I feel like it's three layers to it. I mean, yeah. first For off, him personally. You, right, you have him personally in this contract situation. He was on a franchise tag. One of the biggest reasons why players are so against playing on franchise tags despite the negative right. media attention and negative perception that fans view it as. This is the big reason why, because even though Bud is going to get paid handsomely, it's still going to be less than what he would have made as a fully healthy Long player. Term, I yeah. mean, when you talk about turning your ACL in December, free agency starts in March. I mean, that's not a lot of time. Six months for your recovery is the best-case scenario, absolute best-case. So you're talking about taking your free agent visits – while you're still not 100%, you're not going to be medically cleared while you're trying to sign a new deal. And you think about how his rehab is going to be affected as well. While he's under contract with the see Rehabs in Pittsburgh, once that contract ends, now he has to go find somewhere else to rehab. But he's still going to be in the heart of his recovery process. So that's the first thing. But then you think about the impact it's going to have on TJ as well. Like you said, man, him not being able to... to be uh, afforded just a ton of one-on-one scenarios because the other guy isn't going to be drawing that type of attention. And then the defense as a whole. 
I mean, yeah. we think about what this defense is predicated on. You talked about that, man. It's predicated on the rush. The it's predicated one. on those guys being able to generate pressure with four, not having to blitz. That could potentially be compromised in a big way depending on what Ola, Danny, and Alex Highsmith can do. We haven't seen them have that type of success in season just yet. I think between the two, only Alex Highsmith has a career sack. Ola has had sacks in preseason, but I don't think he has a sack in the regular yeah. season just yet. So it's not a lot of NFL regular season productivity between the two of them just yet. No, and the good news is Keith Butler said today that he thinks Stephon Tuitt will be back. That is good news because Absolutely, they're going to need him back and healthy the rest of the way now more than ever before in the past. But you're right. Um, you know, you add this obviously to the the already the big loss of Devin Bush, and it becomes even more devastating in that regard, right? Um, yeah, we talk about those concerns, the personal concerns for him, obviously, and in, in his career and everything that he had earned to this point and that he was setting himself up Correct. for here in the next couple months. We talk about the concerns for, for T.J. Watt, for that pass rush. I think the run game, too, Motsi, particularly right when you combine the loss yes, with Devin Bush now with man. the loss of Bud Dupree. Those those are guys who are good run stoppers. Yeah, and and, and people overlook that element of their game. I mean, we know how it goes because when it comes to stats, being a great run defender doesn't always show up in the stat sheet, whereas getting a sack, people can see that and they can equate this number equals good player. But as we've shown numerous times, just because somebody is a great rusher doesn't mean they're a great player in terms of being able to you know stop the run and stuff like that. Whereas right. with Bud, he was showing that he was a well-rounded, great player. Correct. Not only could he rush the passer, but he was dominant in the run, which is a far cry from what he was earlier on in his mm -hmm. career, which is why I was so pleased with his play at this stage of it because I remember when he would struggle with some of these things, and now you see him as a premier edge defender. I mean, it doesn't matter if you're talking pass rush. doesn't matter if you're talking right. run game. Right. I mean, nastiness, toughness, he brought all of that to the table, and that's what really made this defense that much better. The more players that you have that are playing like that, with that type of pedigree and that type of potential and productivity, that's where you get a defense that looks like the Steelers looked. Right. And now we're going to have to find a way to replace that, man. The good thing is we have two very, very comparable – not comparable guys, but two very, very good guys who are young and they – project to that potentially but we don't know where they're at as it stands today right yeah the fourth day of december shout out to jay-z on his birthday there's there's not a huge body of work for either of those guys particularly in the regular season highsmith's still a rookie um you, you didn't get really i mean you didn't get a look at these guys at training camp, like a hands-on up close look they didn't play no preseason action any of the five right. preseason games that the steelers should have had this preseason yeah um there, there's definitely concerns there now there's again there's I think still plenty to be encouraged by right uh, you've mentioned a lot of that we could talk about Mike Hilton coming back into the fold that should help alleviate some of these concerns as well too there's there's still talent on this defense there's still guys uh, like you mentioned both at the same position specifically as Bud and in Highsmith and in Ola uh, and other guys on the defense who could be used more in sub-package roles and things of that nature um, throughout all of this as well, too. But, yeah, Motsi, it's, <laughs> you know, they're, they're, 
you're you're concerned for for what it means to the team. You're concerned for what it. I mean, you're just gutted for him personal, yeah, crushed, personally. Crush, man. Crush. It it sucks. I mean, there's there's absolutely no way to sugarcoat it. Uh, we know that football is a violent, tough game. Um, but you know, sometimes when stuff like this happens, when you, the Dak Prescott injury earlier mm-hmm. in the season. It's a rough game, Arthur Motes, and that's why I will. you will never hear me be one of these people that complains about how much money professional athletes make. Well, well I'm glad because I feel like we'd have a, a strong difference of opinions if you did. And that's why also <laughs> I, don't need to go, uh, I don't need to go into this too much into detail, but when it comes to some of these labor disputes, I'm always going to side with the millionaires mm-hmm. instead of the billionaires. That's all, that's all I'm going to say right there. That's all we need to go into today. And, and, and see, for me, because of that, I agree with you. And that being said, I'm going to make sure that they don't get any more money in fine. their pocket because if we go over breaks right now, they're going to get more money. Now, real quick. Uh-huh. We got to make sure we don't get fined for going over on break. Uh-huh. We also have to make sure we don't get fined by the power grid. You're right. Because there was one thing that we did not do here. Now, the last time you and I I'm waiting had on you. a show— I'm waiting the Steelers on you. were ten and zero. I'm waiting on you. They're eleven and zero now. So I was waiting in the on you. First segment, right? We've I've been to, waiting on you. We got to hear from our buddy Johnny Drama. I've been waiting on you. It's a. It's been a. It's been an unprecedented year. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's been an unprecedented year. But you know what? Uh huh. Victory Friday. I, I was waiting on you. Victory! 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 And we got Backo coming out of the break. So you already know what it is. It's Most Singular on a Friday on SNR. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Motes and Euler on a Friday, Motes host Friday, that's what that means. And I have a special guest today, the one and only, the legendary, Brian Beckham! Batman. I like the treat. No Post Friday. <laughs> I know. Yeah, this I've, is, never, I've never been on. That's this. right. This is back first, first time. This, this is historic right here, man. I'm so excited for you to be a part of my first Most Host <laughs> Friday after a Wednesday game with a Monday 5 o'clock kickoff coming up. It's my first one. I, I love it. It's a special moment for me. Special. Yeah, but, there's all sorts of crazy stuff going on right now in the NFL and for the Steelers. So why not us too? Just, you know, just got to keep it spicy, baby. And, and speaking of that, man. <laughs> got to keep it spicy. <laughs> speaking of the spice, we had a very spicy Wednesday, man. That that Wednesday 340 game, obviously the Steelers won. But just was talk about, spicy? man, what, what was your reaction to that? It, it was very spicy I thought it was me. more tryptophan than spice. Personally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was over here like, what, what is going on here, man? What, what is this? So just talk to me a little bit back up, man. What was your initial thought, you know, in reaction to the game, man, on Wednesday? Oh, that game was that was not a good game. That, that struggled to even keep my interest, and I get paid to watch and write about this team. <laughs> so that tells you something right there in and of itself. But, but that being said, I'm an optimist. I prefer to look on the brighter side of life. And I think the Steelers, by the end of that, were just happy to be done with it. You know, it, it stinks on every level that you do lose a guy like Bud Dupree there in the fourth quarter. But a win is a win is a win. That's always the case in the NFL. And even more so when you, you don't have – a blemish on the other side of that win-loss column. And for all their struggles Wednesday, the Steelers can at least say they remain perfect. Although, what does Mike Tomlin tell us every chance he gets? <laughs> the only thing perfect about them is their record. It's like that sometimes, man. <laughs> yeah. 
No, for sure. Yeah, he. Was, I, I don't know. I know that this is your second season covering the team, Mr. Back. You know, maybe you're not quite as as long in the tooth as uh, you know some of the Jerry Dulacs and the Ray Fittipaldos of the world. Um, but man, had you ever seen a a post game? Have you ever heard or seen, I should say, a, a post game tone from from Mike Tomlin like that? Um, no, I guess not. I mean, you know, certainly after losses, he's he's not very happy. But after a win, yeah, that was probably one that takes the cake for uh, how curt he was, and <laughs> it was electric, man. I, as as a me as a reporter who. Well, first of all, I wasn't on that Zoom call, so I was happy about that. But <laughs> as someone who has sat in front of an angry Mike Tomlin before, it was pretty fun to watch because you just don't really know what he's going to say next. And you almost feel like it's a little bit of an extension of how he rips into his team behind closed doors when that's what he feels that he has to do. So uh, it was interesting to see. Uh, he, he cooled off a day later. But I, I do think now in retrospect, part of why he was so missed in that post-game presser was he'd probably just gotten the news that it wasn't looking good for one of his best players on defense. And uh, it's it's difficult to cool off and go out and try to give a press conference after getting news like that. So Brian Backo talking with us. And uh, another question, man, as you just talked about um, Bud Dupree's injury, just talk about the overall impact you think that's going to have on this defense. It remains to be seen. I mean, we'll, we'll find out. Uh, so much of it depends on whether Alex Highsmith is, is up to the challenge. And I, I kind of think he will be, guys. I mean, this has been the year of the rookie a little bit in the NFL. You, you look at what Justin Herbert's doing at the quarterback position. Steelers have faced uh, some, some really good uh, rookie running backs already, and we'll do that again this week in Antonio Gibson of Washington. And we know all about the receivers. Chase Claypool uh, has plenty of competition in his draft class, uh, there there have been some some guys making a splash on defense as well. Chase Young uh, will be at Heinz Field this weekend, and it's time for Alex Highsmith to to get a chance now to step into this bigger role. We've heard good things about him from Mike, Mike Tomlin and company going all the way back to camp, but the expectations have changed. The goalposts have moved for what he needs to do now in his rookie year, and if uh, if there's one good thing, it's it's maybe that he will be a little bit more fresh. There shouldn't be much of a rookie wall for him, considering he's been a role player, a backup, and a special teamer thus far. Uh, maybe, maybe he'll have some juice in his legs as he goes into playing probably you know, upwards of 60, 65, maybe 70% of the snaps on the edge. Now, do you like the move of Alex Highsmith over Ola Adani? I do. Um, you know, I think Highsmith has uh, a little bit more to him physically than, than Ola has, and, and he's been in that role all season. I, I think if the Steelers had seen more from Ola in the preseason in camp, uh, you know, the, the roles would be a little bit different uh, than, than they have been to this point. So, uh, hey, it's going to be a little bit of a baptism by fire for Alex Highsmith, but not only have we heard and, and been able to see good things uh, from the former Charlotte walk-on when he's in there, we've also heard a lot about his intelligence and, and his mental ability to grasp the game, and, and that's going to be as significant as anything here, I think, uh, as Keith Butler and company probably are going to have to make some tweaks on defense to make up for Bud, uh, but they'll at least do the one-for-one the -one swap with him and Highsmith at the start here, I think, and, and see what he's got. Mr. Backo, with that in mind, right, the loss of Bud Dupree, the inexperience that's going to be filling in for him, um, you combine that with the loss of Devin Bush already earlier this season in the game against the Cleveland Browns, 
the good news that we got this morning from Keith Butler is that it sounds like Stephon Tuitt is going to be back and ready to go. And that's got to be more important now than ever, right? Uh, getting healthy Stephon Tuitt the rest of the way and having him and Cam be able to, to do what they do on uh, the interior of offensive lines. Yeah, man, if, if there was any defensive line that could, you know, still still be relied on to create havoc for a rookie outside linebacker behind him, it's it's got to be this one, especially when they're at full strength. You know, it, it was a shame to lose Stephon Tuitt for that Ravens game just when Tyson Alualu was getting back into the mix and, and you felt like you were uh, causing a whole bunch of havoc once again up front. But, you know, we've seen from some interesting plans for, for the Steelers' D-line from Keith Butler and Carl Dunbar up front, even when they are at, at full strength, you know, you see Cam Hayward standing up and, and, you know, sometimes playing over the center and Stephon to it, you know, he's kind of a wild man. You know, the coaches themselves admit that they don't know what he's going to do at times. He likes to freelance. So maybe he'll have a little bit more opportunity to do that. And uh, he'll, he might have to create more sacks than normal when Bud Dupree's not in there getting one-on-one matchups and beating his man. We're on the phone with uh, Brian Backo to Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Now, Mr. Backo, we have the Washington football team coming up <laughs> on Monday. So just talk a little bit about them. And what, what have you seen from them so far, man? Your thoughts on them? I think it's too early most to say that they're turning a corner down in Washington. But I mean, it was very impressive credit. on Thanksgiving, though. It was yeah, very impressive. You've got <laughs> to give credit to what Ron Rivera is doing and building in his first year there. You know, I think people maybe don't realize he's not just the head coach, but Riverboat Ron is, is essentially the GM, too. He does um, everything, you know, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's turned the ship over to, to him, and uh, he's making them look smart so far because, you know, they, they've, they've gotten some pieces in the draft and, and in free agency who are helping them out in a major way. Um, so it's it's looking good for, for Washington. i, I got to see three straight wins, though, before I can say turn a corner. And if you can do it against the only unbeaten team in the league, uh, that, that'll absolutely be what they're talking about down in D.C. So, you know, the offense is – you know, they're, they're lifting Alex Smith right now. He's, he's much better when he can manage a game rather than having to go throw for 300-plus yards, although it's, it's impressive he was able to do that a couple weeks in a row. And that defense, they've invested a lot in it down there in, in Washington, and you're, you're seeing the results of that right now with guys like Chase Young and, and Montez Sweat up front. Now, Mr. Backo, we know that uh, the Comeback Player of the Year award, <laughs> we, we know this race, and uh, – I mean, we feel very, very, very biased about Ben Roethlisberger here, but just from your opinion, man, who, who do you think should have this thing, man, between him and Alex Smith? Take it from an unbiased uh, reporter from the Post-Gazette, uh, one of America's great newspapers. I still think you've got to give it to Ben. The, the fact yeah. that you know, he's probably not going to win MVP, and, and I also agree with that. I know the Steelers are, are the, the only unbeaten right now, and, and they're riding high, and it's tough to argue with that, but I don't know that Ben has – done quite as much for his team as, as some of these other guys have done for their teams. But I digress because when you look at him versus Alex Smith, Smith hasn't been in there all year. And uh, I think his story is a little bit different. I mean, the, the injuries are, are, you know, they're comparable in one way, but also anyone who watched the, the documentary about Alex Smith knows that it's not really comparable to, to really any injury <laughs> that an NFL player has returned from. It's, it's crazy what he's doing. Uh, I go Ben Roethlisberger for the comeback player of the year, and I, I think Alex Smith is a shoe-in for, I think it's the Hallis Award that is handed out by the Pro Football Writers Association every year. Uh, Ryan Shazier won it last year for obvious reasons, and, and I think this year 
uh, Alex Smith would, you know, that that's the hardware that he should probably be taking home. I like it. You know, now that you, hey, that was a good question by you there, Motsi, you know, and, and a great answer by Backo. And as you guys were, you know, as that was kind of playing out in real time there, you guys think about this. This is a, like this Washington football team, they've got a lot to rally around. Yeah. Uh, all, yeah. This, all the stuff, obviously, with Ron Rivera and the cancer concerns. Uh, <laughs> ev- everything with Alex Smith and, and the crazy Absolutely. situation that he went through. The name stuff and everybody, we all know the, the perception of Dan Snyder and that organization around the league. They're mm-hmm. a laughing stock. And everyone's laughing at them, you know, when they're called the football team when that information comes out. I mean, the, this I mean, is, the, 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 remember the toxic work environment report right, that right. came that's out what, as that's well. That's what I mean. Yeah. Like the, the whole organization that, yeah, is absolutely. just kind of seen or has been seen under Dan Snyder as a joke. And obviously that doesn't reflect on the current players on the field. But, Correct. But they're also still wearing that logo, mm-hmm. you know, that, that team name on their helmet they're and an on their chest. Yeah. And now they are legitimately in the hunt for a division title. Like, this is a team with a lot to play for. Yes. A lot. And to look play at for. the young talent. Look at the young talent. Yeah. Got too. Yeah. I mean, Steelers fans love to say Chase Claypool should be the offensive rookie of the year, but down in Washington, Gibson, you can make balling. a case for Antonio Gibson, who has more touchdowns than any other rookie. Mm-hmm. And Chase Young is probably the favorite for defensive rookie yes. of the year because his, you know, his numbers aren't crazy, but the guy gets double teamed. And he, uh, he can ton, get a sack so. whenever. That's the crazy part. You watch him, and he just he looks like a freak, man. Yeah, and I'm writing about that this week. It's it, it really is just a huge season for rookies. Uh, it's it's even more impressive when you consider they didn't have the traditional off season, but that might have just made these guys hungrier. Guys like Chase Claypool, Antonio Gibson, Chase Young, and and I do like how it sets up too now. Alex Highsmith, but, but, is gonna uh, get I, his, yeah, Terry, I, I was going to well, say though, I, guy. and but Mr. Yeah, Backo. Oh yeah, sorry, sorry, yeah. But Mr. Backo, I got a problem. I mean, you've yeah. been naming off all these. Offensive and defensive players, these young, talented players. I know you named a couple of rookies. You named all these guys, and you didn't name the the best player in their secondary. A uh, young corner out of James Madison University. Goes by the name of Jimmy Moreland. Are you really going to act uh, like you don't geez. see him on that field as well, Mr. Backo? <laughs> Hey, the, the slot corner, Jimmy Moreland, although he's a second-year guy, so I missed him uh, for, in the rookie discussion. But you know we've got to tip our cap to anyone who played their football uh, down in, in uh, James Madison. There we go. Harrisonburg. There we go. Harrisonburg. Harrisonburg. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I uh, like it. You know Jerry Jones didn't tip his cap to our guy Ben DiNucci last yeah, week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, we, yeah. We, don't, we don't talk to Jerry. We don't talk about Jerry right now. That was rude. He, he's on, he's he on the naughty list this year. The only, the only, the only Jerry we recognize around here is Dulac. Am I, am I right? Am I right? <laughs> Brian Backo of the Pittsburgh Post Gazette with us, uh, Mr. Backo. I wanted to ask you about this morning, uh, Randy Feetner on some Zoom calls. I don't know if you were there or not, but I'm sure you saw Randy Feetner when talking about the Steelers' young wide receivers. Said it's like a fart in a skillet. <laughs> They're bouncing around everywhere. I, I just I just what? want to I just want to know one how do these how do these wide receivers get some consistency so that they're not bouncing around like a fart in a skillet and two uh, are you with me in being pretty firm here that we're never eating dinner at Randy Feetner's house like what that is I've been trying to conjure up the mental image of that oh said it and uh, I'm struggling I'm struggling over here it was kind of like when Mike Tomlin talked about putting the Jello back in right. the box. Earlier this year, uh, you know, I'm still trying to figure out how to do that. But farts in, in skillets, uh, wow. I've heard of farts in the wind. Um, I've heard of that I've one as well. Fart in a skillet. So uh, I, I think these guys just need to 
Uh, it's simple. I mean, and, and you can see that in Mike Tomlin's answer. Like, that, that goes for football at any level. When you're getting asked questions about why your receivers aren't catching the ball more consistently as a coach, like, what, what can you really say? I mean, I, I don't know. I can't catch it for them. Uh, all we can do is put them in positions to, to get open. Uh, it's their job to, to make the plays. So, uh, with Deontay, you know, you, you worry about his body language sometimes, I think. I mean, it, it seems like there's some weeks where when it doesn't go well for him, early on you know I don't want to say he checks out but he he lets those struggles build on themselves and and maybe that's the hallmark of just being a young player uh in a tough league so uh with Chase Claypool you know he had ball security issues earlier this year too it's it's on the scouting report for other teams hey Mm -hmm. punch at the ball you might get a drop from him or you might even get a fumble so uh they've they've got to get back in the lab and, and work on that and uh you know something that's uh you know a solution that's you know same church different pew Maybe just get James Washington out there more often. Ben is, is kind of calling for it through his public interviews. And, you know, James, uh, you know, spoke for his let his play speak for him, uh, bringing down that third down pass the other day. That was the best catch of the day by anybody. And he was playing uh, the fourth most among all the receivers, fifth most among pass catchers. Yeah, you're right, man. Huge impact play. All right, Mr. Becko, it's that time of the call. Uh-oh. Mm-hmm. <sighs> See, I was going to be nice and give him till Monday. No, I was going to no, text no, him, no, but no, you, no, hey, it's no, your host, no, and you can no. hold his feet to the fire. I need to hear it out the horse's mouth. So, or <laughs> in this case, I need to hear it out the goat's mouth. So, <laughs> Mr. Goat, Mr. Greatest of all time, I need, you, I need your score prediction, baby. What you got for me for this uh, Monday 5 o'clock showdown? It's tough, man. Before the season, I, I thought this game was a layup. I thought it was a slam dunk win over Washington because of all the turmoil we mentioned earlier. Now, though, the Ron Rivera's got things rolling a little bit. He's had all this time off to, to rest and relax and and prepare, get his guys' mind right to to make the short trip up uh, to Pittsburgh. But I think the Steelers, while they may start out a little bit shaky with the short turnaround, I think they're going to pull around late. This defense is going to clamp down against Alex Smith and company. They get out of stadium with a 27-17 dub. Mm, okay, I like it, Mr. Batco. Well, as always, man, you know we appreciate you, baby, and look forward to talking with you next week, all right? Absolutely, and it's my wife's birthday tomorrow, so Ooh. happy birthday. Shout out to my lovely wife, Chelsea. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to the Mrs. Batco. Yes, indeed. You better take her somewhere nice, too, man. Treat her special. That's right. <laughs> it's Brian uh, Batco. We'll be locked down, but we'll do something nice here. <laughs> I like Thanks, it, buddy. man. Brian Backo of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette hasn't changed his number since the seventh grade. You know he doesn't do cap. Never does cap, man. He's a good dude, man. That's my guy. That's my guy. So 27-17. I like that. That's a good score prediction, man. I'm, I'm just glad that he had us on the money side. You know, sometimes he, 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 I, I was a little nervous. You know, he's, I was uh, a little nervous about him. You know, the first thing I thought when he said 27-17, I did the quick math. Uh-huh. <laughs> the over-under for this game Uh-oh. is 43-and-a-half currently, I believe. Oh. Uh-huh. So, so right, if okay. he's saying, where's the, he where's said the 27, 17, 17 uh-huh. he's got the over just barely. That would be 44 mm-hmm. points by the skin of his chinny-chin-chin. Now, if he if he was hitting this year with his picks like last year, I would totally put money on that thing. But he's been a little janky this season, so I'm, I'm going to chill out. And uh, not to, <laughs> or, or maybe I should, you know, we call this a good old-fashioned radio tease. Mm-hmm. I might disagree with Brian Backo when it comes to that over-under. Uh-oh. But we'll talk about that when we get that paper later I on. I mean, yeah, we're going to get to that. But right now, we're about to get to this break. But when we come back, we got to talk playoff clinching scenarios. Playoffs? 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 
Absolutely. So I cannot wait to get to that. But you already know this is Most and Eula on a Friday. Make sure you're getting your tweets in as well, man. Get your tweets in, questions, concerns, whether it's pertaining to this matchup or even looking forward to Washington. Get those Say in. Say prediction tweets to Monday. Yeah, no score predictions. Yeah, we'll do that Monday. Just, just conversation yep. pieces. Yep. Yep. But. As always, the best way to do that is on the Twitter.com. And that's at TheBody52. TheBody. And at Wesley Eula. The good hair. The really good hair. <laughs> and it's mostly Eula on a Friday on SNR. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Motes and Euler on a Friday, a Motes host Friday, so you already know what we're doing over here, man. Having a good old time, turning up like we always do. Well, that's good. <sighs> and that's always good, man. That is always good. So... First, I got to give a shout out to the mega megawatt power grid, man. I see y'all tuning in, baby, and we definitely gonna get to those tweets. Yeah, we're having, <laughs> we're having some difficulties yes. with the internet in it's, the building it's today. It's weird right now, man. I mean, shocker that we'd have some difficulties in here. I mean, right? yeah, who, who, who would imagine that we never we have, would any, have difficulties? We never have any problems with uh, the connection <laughs> with the te- or the phone lines. The, the technologicals, you know, usually yeah. the technologicals work fine in here, but uh, <laughs> today we're, we're having a little bit of difficulties. But so, don't worry, we'll eat up our data on our yeah. phones for yes. the people later on. <laughs> But, man, what we talked about a little bit going uh, into the break were uh, the playoff clinching scenario. So there are three teams that can clinch a playoff spot this week. Um, two of those teams can also clinch their division this week. Now, the three teams that could clinch a playoff spot are obviously the Pittsburgh Steelers, yep. the Kansas City Chiefs, okay, and then the New Orleans Saints. Mm. So all three of your teams, I see you. I see oh, you. you <laughs> And then for the two teams that can clinch their division, it's obviously us and the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. But um, the first is to break down the scenario for the Pittsburgh Steelers in terms of how we can clinch our playoff spot. Mm-hmm. The first one is simple, man. We win, we get a playoff spot. That's the first part, right? But I like it when it's that simple. I, I, me by the too, way. man. You don't have to look around. It's, it's a easy great, peasy, great filler. There's man. not a bunch of you know different amendments. Yeah. And well, if this happens or that happens, well, you know, then this they could tie, and then this right, could happen. Right. Just winning, you're in. That's the yeah. way we like it. I mean, but if you did want to go down that list, we could. It's, okay, <laughs> for Pittsburgh Steelers to clinch a playoff berth, Pittsburgh win or tie, you get in. If Las Vegas loses or ties, we get in. Okay. If Miami loses or ties, we get in. Okay. And then the fourth and final way is if Indianapolis loses or ties, the Pittsburgh hmm. Steelers will get in. Now, in order for the Pittsburgh Steelers to have an opportunity to win the division, they could lock that up this week as well, they would need to win – and Cleveland needs to lose because if they do that, Pittsburgh owns the strength of victory tiebreaker over the Browns and we'll be good to go. So that's the scenario in order for the Steelers this weekend to either clinch a playoff spot or clinch the division, which is huge. I mean, when you talk about, number one, clinching a playoff spot, we're going to get a new uh, Here We Go song. So that's <laughs> always the, the the first and most important part. Well, from me and from yeah, Roger Wood. A- absolutely. Like that, that, I think that's pretty cool. And we're going to get your Here We Go song. We, Not we today. Had, we're going to do that so Monday. I, had, I saw I some saw, tweets. I peeked at the tweeter. Yeah. The tweeter. I peeked at the Twitter. The tweeters. The tweeters on the Twitter. Who's that tweeter over there? I peeked at some of the 
tweeters on the Twitter, um, and there were there was a question or two if we were singing today. We'll, no, we'll do that on Monday. All yeah, right? so we so don't literally jump the gun in that. So regard. so Monday, just know Monday you're getting uh, five star Monday. Yep. You're gonna get the Here We Go song yep. as well, and we'll um, do our specific and we'll do our game, our, per, our game, game breakdowns and yeah. score predictions. We'll give you all of that on Monday. But I will still give you my five favorite sports bets of the weekend before but we that's, get out that's, of here. That's always on Friday oh, because we gotta get that money. We gotta get that money. You got to get that paper on your way into the week. Absolutely, especially you know Christmas. You know you gotta get some extra cash for Christmas gifts. No question. Then, uh, like Mrs. Bacco, you know, you can get your lady something real nice, Clark. Real, real nice, nice, Clark. So, we talked a little bit about the clinching scenarios, right? So, for uh, Kansas City, for them, just to break down their rules in terms of how they can clinch their division, they would have to win, and the Raiders would need to lose or tie, or... Kansas City ties, Raiders lose. Did you say? So that's how they can clinch their division. Now, for them to clinch a playoff berth, they have a. a yeah, we only have four things. They have like seven different scenarios yeah, for them, man. Couldn't be me. Right. The first one is the win. But after that, oh, it gets kind of crazy. They need to tie. Baltimore needs to lose. Indianapolis has to lose. All at the same time, you got the Raiders. It, it, it's a whole bunch of just nonsense. But what I wanted to get to was this, man. Will the Steelers clinch that playoff spot this weekend? I want to know from you. I want to know from Mr. Good here. We talked about the scenario, right? For the Steelers, they need to win this weekend mm-hmm. to get a playoff spot. And to get the division, they have to win, and Cleveland needs to lose this weekend. Right. But in just talking about the Steelers clinching the playoff spot, do you think they do that this weekend? I do. Um... I think Wednesday was a wake-up call for them in a lot of regards. Mm-hmm. First time all season that they haven't scored 25 or more points. Um, and you know what? They only got 19, and that was with pick six help from Joe Correct. Hayden in the defense. Um, early on in the game, Steelers have a 73-yard drive and a 65-yard drive. They end up settling for field goals on both of those. I don't think that'll be the case on Monday at Heinz Field. Um, but this is my question for you, I don't you, think though. it's easy, though. I, yeah, I definitely don't I was think it's easy. I going to ask you, and then we're going to dive into that a lot more on Monday, obviously, but... For me, I'm just trying to figure out where the optimism is. For Washington? Yes. Whereas with Baltimore, because of sure. the state of their team, that that Ravens team that was out there on Wednesday, do you think that that team right there, as it was constructed, would beat this Washington team? Because I no. personally don't think I don't. that. No, I do not. Um, Because let's talk about it, right? Uh, Alex Smith would start for the Ravens, would have started for the Ravens if he was available to them Wednesday. Yes, indeed. They really like Gus Edwards, but, man, Antonio Gibson would have gotten a big role on their offense on Wednesday. Because not only in the rushing attack, but in the passing attack. I mean, he he, he does both really, really well. Terry McLaurin would walk into Baltimore and be the number one wide receiver. Without a debate. You know what? Let's not lie about (laughs) it. Terry McLaurin would probably walk into the Pittsburgh Steelers locker room and be the number one wide receiver as well. In the division? He's up there. Uh, I mean, he, if, if he came in the AFC North, he would be up there. Everybody talks about DK Metcalf, and DK Metcalf is phenomenal. But AJ Brown and Terry McLaurin get overlooked in that conversation mm-hmm. because they don't look as physically freakish as yes. DK Metcalf. Nor does. do they have all the play, uh, the primetime games either. Right. We, we know with him playing with Russell Wilson, absolutely that helps them a ton and all that attention. Yeah. But those three to me are the holy trinity of very good yes. young wide receivers in the National Football League. And then, and then I asked myself. If Chase Young, Chase Young, <laughs> like, <laughs> and again, you want to talk about the Steelers? Cam Hayward, Stephon Tuitt, all pros, Pro Bowlers. Mm-hmm. If Chase Young walked into that Pittsburgh locker room, they would find a way to get him on the field every snap, just like they would no with question. Antonio Gibson, just yes. like they would with Terry McLaurin. So there is talent. There is a lot of individual talent there. And again, like I said, Motsi, 
right now you could argue that they have more to play for, more to rally around than any other franchise in the National Football League. Very true. From their head coach to their quarterback to I their, mean, their listen, name and their reputation think, think and their this. owner. Think about this. To a division title on the line. Think about this. We talk about, you know, the NFL being against us for a little while, right? Getting the short end of the stick, short end of the stick. Imagine being Washington. Imagine being one of those players. And, and just – Talking about yeah. man, something that they Everybody had zero to do with, yeah. zero to deal with. Imagine if you're a rookie, zero to deal with. Chase Young hasn't Terry, been a part of this. Imagine Terry McLaurin, second right. year. And, and just, just part of think this. about the reputation. Just think about how when that team is brought up, mm -hmm. the negative connotations associated with them. That is how Steeler fans, I feel, try to make it seem like we have it. <laughs> it's not even close to that, not man. Even close. It's not even close. No, there's man. There's some real franchises out there that have suffered yes. over the last couple decades, right? We know all about the Browns, and they appear to be, you know, turning that around. I we mean, it's talk, crazy to think that talk the, Browns about the Jets, could, the Browns could potentially clinch a playoff spot in two two weeks. The Jets, the Jags, right? But the Browns have eight wins right now. What is going on? <laughs> <laughs> they, they had three seasons where they only won four games in three years. Recently. Bro, bro, what is going on? The Browns got eight wins. But, the but, Browns are sitting at number two in the division right now. This is nuts to me, man. The football team <laughs> are one of those franchises, right? Over the last decade, over the last two decades, like the Browns, like the Jags, like the Jets, except for what, the, the two years where the Jets went to the AFC Championship game with Rex Ryan, or the one year that the, that the Jags went to the AFC Championship game. We're not going to talk about it. Um, these are franchises that you write off before the season even starts. Absolutely. Plus... The football team has that all the embarrassment of all that, plus the Dan Snyder mm -hmm. nickname, all the bad workplace environment stuff that, right, like you rightfully said, if you're Terry McLaurin, if you're Chase Young, you had nothing to do with all this. Zero. But everybody brings it up. Everybody makes fun of you in, in, in that regard. Um, yeah, they Arthur Motes, they have got a lot to rally around, and Ron Rivera has... He has kept that team's attention. They have they have gone out there every week and competed. And like I said, now they've got a lot to play for. All those intangible things that we mentioned, and, and they are legitimately right in the hunt for a division title. And I'm sure some people are thinking, well, wouldn't they rather have the higher draft pick? I don't think so. Not with not all that. All. Not with all that mm -hmm. young talent. That in, in, that experience for all those young guys yes. at this point would would be huge. I mean, because then you're talking about building with the core group of guys, and they have a really good young core. I mean, we talked about that a little bit. So without a doubt, I, I do think because I, I mean, obviously you answered yours you know, in terms of the Steelers clinch this week. I do think they will clinch, but I do think this game is going to be very very tough. I, I don't think people have been following the football team enough, and they just kind of what we talked about with the brief you know, overview of them, people just think of them and all the negativity, and they say, oh, this team is going to be a, a, a cakewalk. Mm -hmm. And they're on their do, third quarterback. Yeah, and, yeah. But, but you got to think, their third quarterback was probably the best quarterback on the roster anyways. He just wasn't healthy. And now that he's been out there, you see, I mean, the offense moves extremely well, man, under his uh, – under his leadership, I mean, that's Alex Smith, though. I mean, when you talk about him throughout his career, that's who he is. And like I said, we'll dive into him a lot more on Monday. Yeah. But that's him. And it's the reason why, man. But I do think the Steelers clinched this week. Now, with the Chiefs and the Saints, hmm. I think either of those guys uh, clinched this week. Now, for the Chiefs, they are playing the uh, Broncos. Now, the Broncos will have their quarterbacks back, so it's not going to be the scenario <laughs> of, of last week. <laughs> But do you think <laughs> they're not trying to petition the league to get John Elway to suit up? 
Uh, I think the Chiefs have a shot, certainly. The Saints, man, the Saints have been playing really good football lately, even with Drew Brees out, just like they did last year. For five games, Drew Brees didn't play. They won all five of those games with Teddy Bridgewater. Even though I do feel this year is very misleading because that Broncos game, Taysom Hill is hey, not Teddy Bridgewater. Not, not even not close. Even, not and, even close. But And as much as they want to say, man, he gives the best option to win, if the Broncos had a quarterback, that's a different game. The Broncos would take Jameis Winston to start no this question. game in a heartbeat. If the Broncos had Jameis Winston last week, I think the Broncos would have beat the Saints early on, man. They, they were fine. Yeah. They just could not yeah. They they could not do anything on offense, yeah. and the defense wore down super quick, man. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I think the Saints quietly have been, have been playing very good football, even with um, all the Michael Thomas stuff. Now the injuries to Drew Brees, they've kept it rolling. They're getting Michael Thomas back in the fold. Avin Kamara has been fantastic. He's in the running for Offensive Player of the Year. Uh I think the Saints are going to keep winning games. I, I do. I, they. It's been a lot of – we've gone back and forth, right, where at the beginning of the season we thought the Saints were the class of the NFC, okay? And then maybe, all right, then we thought it was Seattle. Then we thought it was Tampa Bay. Then we thought it was the Packers. I think we're rounding back into the Saints here. <laughs> um, but it's, it's very impressive on their part that we're saying that, and like you said, Drew Brees is still injured, and we don't right. even know if he's going to return. I know we've, right. we've talked about him potentially returning uh, in a certain amount of weeks. But when you talk about lungs, when you talk about rib injuries, mm-hmm. and he's older, so there's no guarantee he's going to be healed up in time. I mean, so that's another scenario where it's just crazy to think that for them to be receiving this type of high praise, yeah. they have a lot of uncertainty at quarterback right now. That they do. That they do. But they have uh, they have found ways to keep that train rolling. And as much as uh, you know it pains me to say this, <sighs> Sean Payton deserves credit in that regard. All right, that's it. That's all the nice things I have to say. Oh, I knew you couldn't get out of the break before you said that. I'm so happy for you and Sean. <laughs> but anywho, man, we're about to get the break. But when we come back, man, we got December football. Ooh. And you know what December football means. Woo-wee, big time ball. They remember, they remember what happens in December. So when we get out of the break, that's what we'll be talking about. It's Motsingula on SNR. Euler and Motes are on the air. This is the Steelers Blitz on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR, Steelers Nation Radio. Good afternoon, Steelers Nation. How we doing? Marvelous, darling. Just marvelous. Oh, we'll carry on. Cheerio. Ha! It's Motes and Euler. Is it time for tea? It's always time for tea and crumpets, my darling. <laughs> Smokes and Euler, man. Uh, on this Friday, hour number two. <sighs> and I'm just excited, man. I'm excited because December is finally here. And when you talk about the month of December, Coach Tom would always talk about, man, this is around the time where you're not losing any more games. You, you kind of got to, you know, burn the boats, <laughs> mm-hmm. and we're only going forward from here. And we would always say, man, we got to be the team that that does not lose in December and from here on out. Like, once December hits, we cannot have another loss. And it got me thinking because, obviously, when we're talking about the AFC um, and the playoff rankings and stuff like that for the number one seed, we know it's a two-horse race between us and the Kansas City Chiefs. And right now, the Chiefs are sitting at one loss. We're sitting at uh, being undefeated. But as I was looking over the remaining schedule, for both teams, I wanted to know mm. just as a whole. I mean, for you, who do you think will drop a uh, drop a game in the month of December? Because as I'm looking for us in Pittsburgh, 
our remaining five games, we have obviously the Washington football team. We're sitting at four and seven. We have mm-hmm. them on Monday. Mm-hmm. Then after that, we have the Buffalo Bills. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we know what their record it's is. Be a tough They're one. really good. Then you got the Cincinnati Bengals, who are going to be without Joe Burrow. Indianapolis Colts, and then you finish up the season in Cleveland mm-hmm. versus the Browns. Mm-hmm. Now, for the Chiefs, they obviously have the Broncos this weekend, depending on what quarterback is out there. It could Correct. dictate Correct. how much of a tough game that is. But then they have to go to Miami. Okay. To Stingy the Dolphins. defense, well-coached team. Absolutely, and, and very opportunistic on the, at the quarterback mm-hmm. position, whether it's Fitzpatrick or Tua. Mm-hmm. Then after that, they have to also go to New Orleans the following mm-hmm. week. Two East Coast teams back-to-back. Okay. Then after that, they have the Falcons, who we just saw put up 41 points on the Raiders. And to end the season, they have the Chargers. Now, we know the Chargers played them extremely tough the first go-around as well, and we talked about Justin Herbert. So as I'm looking, I I, I was asking myself, I said, I don't feel like either party has a easy last couple of games. No. <laughs> I was on at first because, you know, that's always the perception, right, when they talk about the strength of schedule and, well, you playing cupcakes and they're playing tough teams. I just wanted to look, mm-hmm. you know, as a, 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 a overall uh, these last five games, how many tough teams. I said, well, I feel like we're both sitting at four tough games in one kind of not-so-tough game. And, and the game I'm talking about for the series is obviously the Bengals because of the quarterback it, situation. Yeah, sure. And for – the uh, the Chiefs, the game I'm talking about is the Broncos, obviously, because their quarterback situation is so just hectic right now due to COVID and stuff like that. You just don't know who's going to be available to them. But for me, man, I, I really love what we have going on here. I, I feel like it's going to be tough, though. These these next two, I, I feel like are going to be the, the if, it, if it were to happen, it's going to be between these next two. Washington and Buffalo. Uh, uh, yep, because I, I don't feel like Cincinnati has enough. No. And for some reason, I feel like we always match up well with the Colts. Yeah, and Philip Rivers. It's like coming, we always Phillip have Rivers number, coming man. to Pittsburgh at the end of December. Like he he's gonna struggle with that. He always the does. the style of offense that they play is built yeah. to be played in a dome in nice mm-hmm. weather, not you know at the end of December and what potentially could be absolutely you know, single digit or in the teens in terms of temperature <laughs> and some wind on it and, 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 and <laughs> some and some wind you know from the and it's potentially a game that could get flexed as well, man. Being in week sixteen and Sunday one o'clock from the confluence of the three. Rivers, the wind rolls into Heinz Field and it gives a chill up Philip Rivers' spine. At Buffalo and at New Orleans. Now, normally, right, under normal circumstances, I feel like those would each look a lot more daunting. For the Steelers, one, because if you've got to go up to Buffalo in December and there's 70,000 screaming crazy Buffalo fans. Along with 20 inches of snow. That's a little bit different than, I mean, hey, there could still be 20 inches of snow. But as we know, like, you and I discussed this, Correct. right? There's only a handful of teams in the NFL that have true home field advantages. Very true. The Steelers are one of them. The Buffalo Bills are one of them. You dodge that. Again, everybody kind of there, – there's no, it feels like, real true home field advantage this year, but the teams that have one, that Buffalo game doesn't look quite as daunting when there's not going to be, you know, all those all those crazy Buffalonians jumping through tables and, and shooting themselves with uh, with ketchup and, and, uh, and, and mustard. mustard. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know what, though? If I'm going to put on my, my hat here, all right, uh-oh, if I'm going to put on my tinfoil hat. Okay, are we looking into that crystal ball? I'm going to look too? into that crystal ball, mostly. It looks nice and shiny today, too, by the way. You must have shined it up. How about at Cleveland the last week of the season? Not because I think that the Browns just straight up beat the Steelers. Mm-hmm. Motsi, I get the more and more we get into this and the more and more games get delayed and the more and more we see the COVID numbers and we know flu mm-hmm. season in general is coming here. 
I'm convinced. I just am that this has been in the that this has kind of been the plan all along. The NFL is going to expand the playoff. See, for me, last week I agreed one thousand percent. Last week I would have put money down that they would have made that move. My problem is this: they had three opportunities and very much justifiable to make that move. And this was another reason why last week, when people were saying that the Steelers are getting a short end of the stick, why I was very opposed to that sentiment. Because I said if the if the NFL really wanted to give the Steelers a short end of the stick, they could have easily said cancel the game, move the game to week 18, but we're going to expand the playoffs. It was, number one, a significant impact of the schedule. Number two, it was two very, between two very significant teams. They could have easily said we're going to just expand the playoffs, don't worry about that game, and now we wouldn't even have a first-round bye. To me, that would have been the, oh, man, it's us against the world. The NFL doesn't care. The NFL this, this, and this. That wasn't the case, though. The NFL moved the game multiple times. Not only did it allow us to get two players that had impact plays in the game in terms of Joe Hayden, healthy, Cam Hayward was healthy, obviously Juju was healthy as well. I saw that, and I said, well, man, if they were going to do it, that would have been the perfect time. Yeah. But since they didn't, it makes me feel like they're actually – I hate to say it, but I feel like they're not going to do it a little bit now, man. Now, see, I think that's fair. And see, I kind of look at it through a different lens of the reason that they didn't do it for the Steelers-Ravens game is because that's the last case scenario, and they still have five more weeks to get through here, and they think we're going to have to do that at some point. But this is my thing, Let's hold off for now. And the only reason I didn't share that thought process is because, for me, once you make that move, it doesn't hurt to cancel any other games because you've already done the big move. That's true. You don't have to worry about using Week 18. If you don't want to go Week 18, you just strictly want to say, you know what, we'll cancel this game and some of these teams are going to get into the playoffs playing 14 games, playing 15 games, like how it's going to be at the collegiate level. Right, right, where Ohio State right. will play seven and Clemson will Absolutely. play 11. So yeah. I looked at it like a scenario like that where, you know, if you once you make that move, it isn't going to be viewed as, you know, catastrophic to have the mismatch of records. Hmm. But – as long as you don't make that move, well, now you make it where you have to continue to to put forth this crazy effort to keep everybody on the same amount of games played. And to me, I just I, I just felt like for the NFL, it would have been a lot easier and made a lot more sense for them to make that move last week because it was very much justifiable. And everybody could have blamed it on the Ravens if they wanted to. And the NFL had their scapegoat right there as well. They didn't even have to take the blunt of it. In terms of being the bad guy, it could have just been, well, this is because Baltimore kept testing positive. We can't stop the outbreak. Oh, we don't have any choice. Oh, man, we even had positive tests the day of the game. Oh, we tried so hard. Oh, well. But they didn't do that. And to me, that's the biggest reason, man. Yeah. No, there's there's a lot of moving parts there for sure. Um, but if they do move it, I agree with you 100%. I, I don't care about that week 17 Because then the Steelers game. would almost treat that like a bye, a bye like, week. You, you, you should, without a doubt. starting, yeah. and you'd see you know, a lot without of guys a, resting you on should defense. Do that. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think that's if you had uh, – if you, if they had no – I mean, excuse me, if they um, expanded the playoffs and no bye, or if they made a week 18 that the Steelers had to play it, I think either huh. of those scenarios – That's a good That's a good you're, point. You're treating that last game as a, a, a bye week. Yeah, because it just doesn't make sense. It's, it doesn't not, make it's sense. not worth the risk. Right. It's not. You don't want your guys sitting for three weeks mm-hmm. if you do have a bye. Right. But you also don't want your guys getting no break at all going into the playoffs. And especially playing meaningless games at that particular, at that particular stage. Particular if the the if the moves have been made from a scheduling standpoint, then it's there. It makes zero sense from a a, a risk reward standpoint. I, I do think though, if they're just going to straight up lose one, Motsi, I think you said this 
and if I'm correct, I echo your sentiment. Mm-hmm. If they're just going to straight up lose, like not oh they lost because they right, right, Ben right. didn't play. No, no, if like everybody's sh- healthy and it just if happened. they're just going to straight up lose uh-huh. a game, I think it would happen the next two weeks. Yep, I agree 100. percent man. Cincinnati, we know everything that they are without Burrow, and and they mm-hmm. seemingly, if you've watched them play, they're starting to okay, just get the young guys in there and yes. let's look to the future and, uh-huh. and let's maybe get a little bit better of a draft pick. Let's see if we can maybe snag that left tackle from Oregon or from right. Texas who are both projected to be like top five, top ten picks and start working on that offensive line. Like I said, if it was the Colts coming into Pittsburgh in October, different scenario. Different right. scenario. I just the way that that team is built and Philip Rivers on offense, December twenty seventh. Hey, that's not their style. Man. It's been a crazy year. Maybe the Colts come here on December 27th and it's 50 degrees and it's sunny for whatever reason in, in Pittsburgh. But if it's typical late December weather, I don't see that one either. So, yeah, I am with you. What are we going to talk about? Trap game here for the fifth straight week or whatever. But but, uh, I, 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 but we've already said that but this it's isn't a trap game. This isn't a trap game in Buffalo, obviously, sitting at 8-3 yeah, and, yeah. and, and Tra- a team that made the playoffs last it's, year. It's, one remaining, Buffalo's going to win their division. It's one remaining trap game on this schedule. That's Cincinnati. Cincinnati. There, there isn't That's a fair. debate That's for fair. a trap game. Any of these other, any of these other games. Yeah. Washington is, like I said, they're playing good ball. They're, they're not to the level of where you're going to compete league wide at right. a high level. Right. You're not going to make a deep playoff run, but they definitely have some pieces, man. Oh, for sure. And they definitely gonna, have. They're going to come to Heinz Field to compete, like we said, because they, yes, indeed. they've got a lot to rally around. They've still got a lot to play for. Yes, indeed, man. But somebody that we've been rallying around here in Pittsburgh, man, is that gunslinger, man. Ooh. Number seven. Hey, know you know Ben Roethlisberger, that guy? Oh, yeah. Well, you know, they had a, a, a official NFL QB ranking that was released. Uh-oh. Yeah. Another one of these? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's only right that we uh, check the list out and give our reaction. And we'll do that when we come out of the break. So, as you already know, it's Motsin Euler, and we are on Steel Nation Radio. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Motes host Friday, man. It's Motes and Euler. I don't know what's up with that bed saying Euler and Motes. Who is these? Who is this producer in you the know, building you're, today? You're a, you're a content brander's nightmare over there. Why, yada, yada. <laughs> but yes, indeed, man. Motes and Euler, man, sitting in here on SNR and... Got to talk a little bit, man. This uh, most recent QB index updated rating. This is a uh, uh oh. As of December third, do I need to grab at, my at, at, torch and pitchfork? At for noon it? at twelve fifty six p.m. Eastern Standard Time, do this article was published. To grab my torch and pitchfork, I'll let you decide. Okay, who I'll published go, this? List? I, all right. So the the author or the authors <laughs> behind said article, Ali Bonpuri, Tom Blair. General Felice and Dan Parr. Who they work for? Who they NFL, answer to? NFL, the National oh, okay. Football like League. Yeah, that, that okay. one. Okay. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. The NFL.com? That one, the big one. Okay. All right. So that's pretty legit. So it's better than pro football focus. Very true. We don't we don't speak their names right here. <laughs> okay. So it's only right that we do the top ten. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know you like to start in the back 
and work your way up to the front because well, unless because said depends. player or said team is at the front. So in this scenario, we're gonna start the other. Way. We're gonna start at the top. I feel like at that's one and then the go the other way for the suspension. Yeah, because you never know, right? I mean, Ben could be the number one quarterback, he right? Could be. He, he could, could be. be, but I guess we don't have that suspense because we're starting number one. Mm-hmm. So the number one quarterback on well, said list is drum roll, please. A quarterback not by the name of Ben Roethlisberger. In fact, his name is Patrick. Same, I was gonna say same three letter. Pat, yeah. Ben, Pat. Yeah. Three letter nickname. You got Big Ben. You got Ketchup Pat. So. Well, I for one, Arthur Motes, am shocked. I'm oh, just actually, absolutely Big Ben shocked and then MVP that it's Patrick Pat. Mahomes. So it is technically three and three because you got ben. Big Ben and MVP Pat. So yeah. Mm. But yeah, Patrick Mahomes is the number one rated quarterback I'm on shocked. this list. I'm, I am just shocked. I, tell I mean, you. I I am too, man. I, I thought it was a lot closer than this. Who in their right you know? mind could think that? I, I would. I would. Wow. I mean, how could you? It's Mahomes. He puts ketchup on his steak. Are we just gonna disrespect Tom Brady like that? We just gonna disrespect steak eaters like that? <laughs> Puts ketchup on the steak. What are we talking All about? Right. Mahomes number Anywho, one. Mahomes number one. Then we got Aaron Rodgers Ooh. at number two. Yeah. Interesting. Uh-huh. And then we have Deshaun Watson what? at number three. Mm-hmm. What? Yes, indeed. Oh, they're just going to disrespect. All right, go ahead. Go ahead. Then we have Russell Wilson I mean, coming in at number four geez, on the list. Oh, man, only two spots too late. We have a counting? tie, a two-way tie for number five. Oh, that's janky. Kyler Murray and Ryan Tannehill are tied for fifth. Then after that, at number seven, got my boy Josh Allen with the Buffalo Bills. Okay. At number eight. Justin Herbert of your L.A. Chargers. Okay, some coming in at number nine. Benjamin Roethlisberger of your Pittsburgh Steelers. Okay, I see why you started at the front to build the drama. And then rounding out the top ten, we have Derek Carr of the Las Vegas. Interesting. And then the next two out: Lamar Jackson, Tom Brady. Wow. So that does not include Kirk Cousins, Matt Ryan, Phillip Rivers, Teddy Two Gloves, Stafford, May, uh, Baker, Goff, Fitzy, Smith. None of those guys are you included. You said Breeze, in that. right? Yeah. I mean, I know he's injured right now, but. No, I, I, I did not say Breeze. Breeze oh. is not included in that. No, I know, but like, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't yeah. know if you mentioned him and the guys that weren't included, I was mm-hmm. saying. Interesting. Absolutely, wow. man. So just a quick recap of that top 10. Patrick Mahomes at number one, Aaron Rodgers at number two, Deshaun Watson at number three, Russell Wilson sitting at four, a two-way tie at five with Kyler Murray and Ryan Tannehill at seven, Josh Allen at number eight, Justin Herbert, number nine, your big Ben Roethlisberger, Mm. and then at number 10, Derek Carr. So what's your thoughts on that, man? The list as a whole, Ben Roethlisberger's rating, too high, too low, just right? Burn the whole list. Hmm. 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 <laughs> okay. If I was, if I'm making this list myself, oh, it's Mahomes one. Okay. I guess you. I'd probably go Russ two, A A Ron three. But like to me, that's well, where the guy like, having Russell Wilson at four, just because he played what two bad games two weeks ago, three weeks well, ago. Well, and I was gonna say, so even with his bad games, so this is where his stats stand like, yeah, at right even now. With those bad games. So, so he's still through eleven games. He has a completion percentage rate of seventy percent, thirty-two hundred passing yards, thirty-one passing touchdowns, ten interceptions, three hundred seventy-nine rushing yards, one rushing tumble, uh, one rushing touchdown. 
In comparison to Deshaun Watson, 68% completion percentage, 3,200 passing yards as well, 24 passing touchdowns, five interceptions, 293 on the ground, two rushing touchdowns. And then with Aaron Rodgers, he's sitting at 68% completion percentage, 3,100 passing yards, 33 passing touchdowns to only four interceptions, 90 rushing yards, but one rushing touchdown Mm -hmm. as well. So on paper, Aaron Rodgers has done a better job protecting the ball. That's the biggest difference I'm seeing right now because in terms of yards, Russ has more passing yards, has the better uh, completion percentage. Right. Obviously has more rushing yards than the, than those two guys. Right, and, right, right. And he's only one touchdown rushing less than Deshaun Watson. His biggest issue is the interceptions. Even though he has 31 passing touchdowns, there's only two behind Aaron Rodgers. The uh, the 10 picks, I mean, that doubles uh, Deshaun Watson. And obviously with Aaron Rodgers only being at four, it's a little bit over double for him as well. Hmm. And there's a lot of significant names. It's crazy off this he got list. the ten picks that quick though. He went from like he did. Well, he one did like two four picks. in one game, didn't well, he? Yeah, Buffalo. Buffalo had him That's for right. four, and That's then he, right. had, he went for three against uh, Arizona to follow it. Where's where's did they they did the full rankings on this, or they just uh-huh. did top tens and then honorable mentions? No, no, they got top ten. They, I mean, they have the full thing. Where's Where's Goff on this list? So Goff is sitting at give me one. Two. Like not close to the top ten. He's at eighighteen. Wow! So he, he's he right been in front of Baker. To the top ten. So literally it, it, now, granted, he hasn't played great the last. Co- he he played right. really well at the beginning of the season. He hasn't played great. So the literally, last you're you're eleven through fifteen. Lamar Jackson is at eleven. Tom Brady is at twelve. Mm-hmm. Kirk Cousins is at thirteen. Mm-hmm. Matt Ryan is at fourteen. And then Philip Rivers is at fifteen. Huh. And like I said, huh. we still haven't talked about Breeze. Now, obviously, he's still been hurt. But they have Taysom Hill up here at twenty-four. Huh. Wow. But 24, he's in front of Carson Wentz, <laughs> Drew Locke, Nick Mullins, and Sam Darnold, Mike Glennon, Mitch Trubisky, Colt McCoy, and Brandon Allen. So they have Taysom Hill rated above all those guys as a quarterback right now. Wow. Wow. I mean, Carson Wentz has been playing bad, but come on, bro. Taysom Hill is not better at quarterback. Right, right, right. Than Carson Wentz, bro. Like, seriously, I, I, I cannot do that, bro. <laughs> Taysom Hill has a 70% completion percentage with 397 passing yards. One interception, no passing touchdowns. He has five rushing touchdowns, but now all that wasn't that quarterback. Don't act like all that was these past two games. Right. That's, had, that, that's the issue right there. They bro. had Lamar at 11, you said, and Tom Brady at 12, yes. right? How do you feel about Lamar at 11? Is that because we're holding him to the standard of last year? Like if Lamar didn't have the insane year that he had last year and then he was having this year this season, don't you think he'd be in like the 8, 9, 10 range? Without a doubt, I do. But when you talk about him having that MVP caliber season, yeah, that's the big knock. And I also think because his team hasn't performed as well lately, that's been a knock on him as well. But he's completed 63% of his passes, um, he's sitting at 1,900 passing yards, 15 pass touchdowns, six interceptions. But he has 575 rushing with three uh, rushing touchdowns as well. Hmm. And remember, that's only through 10 games where these other guys have had 11 or more games. You ready for my top 10 list, Arthur Motes? The only list that matters? Oh, let me hit that. I just threw it together here real quick. I like when you do that. And I got some sound effects for after I announce each oh, one. Oh, let's get so, it. So uh, do you want from the top of the list or the back of the list? Because it is Motes Hotes Friday. Where, wherever Ben is at, do the opposite. So that way, you know, we got a little time. He's kind of close to the middle. All right, we'll go with the other way then. Let's start at the top because that's what we did way. with the previous one. Absolutely. All right. Number one, Patrick Mahomes. Number, number two, <laughs> Aaron Rodgers. Number three, Russell Wilson. Number four, Deshaun Watson. Okay, 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 okay. Number five, Kyler Murray. Number six, Josh Allen. There we go. No disrespect today. I like you. 
Number seven, number seven, Benjamin Roethlisberger. Number eight, okay, yeah, fine, all right. Ryan Tannehill, number eight. Number nine, the guy who used to have the good hair, Justin <laughs> Herbert. And at number 10, I got Lamar. And then I would go Matt Ryan as my uh, first man out at number 11, and then probably Tom Brady at 12 as well. I like that. I totally missed where'd you have been at? Seven. Seven. Okay. Yeah. Seven so, for seven. So, so you went Josh at six. Ben seven. Ben seven. Herbert eight. Tannehill eight. Oh, Tannehill eight Herbert, and Herbert nine. And gotcha. then Lamar okay. uh, ten. And then Matt Perfect. Ryan would have been my, my honorable mention. I like that, though. I like that. I'm not opposed to that. But this this also, too, right, to be fair, um, like this just changes. Maybe not like the top of the list. Correct. But the back end of the list, like the Lamars and the Tom Bradys. The Tannehills and, and the Murrays. Like I feel like they're all. The Goffs and the Breezes. Like mm-hmm. there's been a lot of times this season where those guys would have been in a lot of different positions yes, on indeed. the list. I do think, though, there's the big three to me. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, whatever order you want to put them in. And then that next group now, of you like— you don't think Ben this season is in that group right now? Well, I was going to say, then I have the, then in the next group, right, I would have like Deshaun Watson, Kyler Murray, Ben, Josh Allen. Like, I don't— I mean, because— I In terms try- of his importance to the team, yeah. he absolutely belongs with those guys. Mm-hmm. And the Steelers, hey, I mean, we said it earlier. It's it's a weird dynamic because like we have all these concerns well, about the offense, but they've still still scored twenty five or more say, in every thing game. Except two for is one. this outside of Mahomes from a passing yards and right. touchdown standpoint, Ben isn't as far off from Russ's numbers, from Rogers' numbers, from Deshaun's numbers in terms of Ben sitting at sixty seven sixty seven percent completion percentage, twenty eight hundred passing yards. 25 passing touchdowns yeah. with only six interceptions. You know, So he's still now that we're right in this, that yeah. vein. He's, and now that we're thinking they, this out in real time, too, and I'm sure if we studied all these quarterbacks, we could probably right, right. find some of the stuff. But, man, he in a lot of ways has not been helped by his wide receivers, Ben Roethlisberger. Well, yeah, they're, they're, dropping, they're, they're dropping, just, a, they're dropping yeah. a lot of passes. Especially of lately. Early Especially on, I feel like early on they were completing some of them. But with our offense this year, we've said that it hasn't been the best in terms of downfield play. It's been more so – Boom or bust. Yeah. Either they make the catch or right. they're drawing flags, and that kind of right. helps this offense from a big play standpoint. But that has been some of the issues there. I mean, in terms of just the the connecting on those deeper passes, those longer passes. But man, this is an interesting list, though, man. Yeah, now that you got me thinking, I don't know. Maybe maybe I would move Ben up to five or six. Because I, I mean, just based on the numbers, he is very comfortable. But then also Herbert's in that conversation. Allen, obviously. So that's the only issue. We talk about moving him up. Who would you be dropping out of there? For me, the only person I'm thinking of dropping down is Tannehill based on his right. numbers. But and other I, already than had that, ben, I already had Ben ahead yeah. of Tannehill. But I'm yeah. like, when you look at Herbert, Herbert's already 3,000 passing yards, 23 Good. touchdowns, 7 picks. You and I have talked about this. With three rushing touchdowns in 10 games. In the, in the year where everyone's talked Burrow <laughs> like that's and crazy. Tua, Burrow and Tua, yeah. Herbert has been... That's Man, crazy. Like he looks really good for a I rookie, mean, particularly dude, when you consider right no preseason, crazy correct. off season. Like him he looks and Josh good. Allen's numbers are almost identical. Josh sitting at three thousand passing yards, twenty two passing touchdowns, eight picks, but six rushing touchdowns. Like and one of those guys' nuts, teams man. eight and three, and the other yes. one's three and eight or like, four and seven. Crazy <laughs> man, it is crazy. But man, we're gonna go to the break. But when we come back, tweets. Man, we got to get to these tweets. We're we going to figure tweet. out. We're we we using all the data on the cell phones right now, all yeah. right? So get your final tweets in, man. We will make I'm, sure I'm we read those things off. So get those tweets in at the body 52 The body. At Wesley Euler. The good hand. And then we also got to get some paper, man. You know we're going to show you the money a little bit. 
That's me stalling for time. Show me the money. Show me the money! There we go. And then we also got to uh, react to the official NFL Week 13 power rankings. So, without further ado, man, it's Moson Eula. And when we come back, ha, it's going to be a little fun on Steel Nation Radio. Let me tell you about a place somewhere up a New York way. Where the people are so gay, twisting the night away. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24 7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Twisting the night away on a beautiful Friday. Smotes and Euler inside the electric factory. Oh, yeah. I'm so excited, man. You know I always get hyped anytime I get to hear a little Sam Cooke, man. The best. Always doesn't, get, always doesn't, it doesn't going, really man. feel like a Friday on the show until nah. Sam Cooke comes Sam, in. Sam play. I'm over here like, we don't even need the last segment. I'm out of here. <laughs> Let's just listen to some music. <laughs> right. A little but, different today than normal, I yeah, guess. Yeah, yes, indeed, man. But um, it's been a beautiful day, man. Beautiful show, man. I, I've been just enjoying this whole process, you know? Yeah. What do you say? We get you some of these tweets. I, I'm, I'm about to say, yeah, as long as you got the tweet game going, I'm ready to go over We're here, baby. We're going to roll through these pretty quickly because we got a lot of tweets. I know, because it's been weird, man. This no internet stuff is killing us. <laughs> it is. I'm burning the data. I'm burning the data Dude, over it's nuts. here, baby. <laughs> uh, Steel City Champs. Three pack of questions. Everyone's stealing, oh, there we go. Everyone's stealing me's routine. Um, what formation can the Steelers play to take advantage or to try and make the run game more effective? Oh. Um, from a formation standpoint, you can honestly do it out of anything, whether you want it to be under center, um, out of the gun. I think I don't, it's about executing more than it is about yeah, the, the formations. I think execution, I also think a little bit of schematic, but yeah. I do think um, they could have a good opportunity this week. It's similar to how the Ravens were attacking us in terms of some of the pulls and counterplays where you use your edge rushers against themselves. We would see how TJ and Bud both are great rushers and they get up the field, yeah. but we saw how multiple times that cost them um, on Wednesday against the Ravens. I think that you could do something similar to the uh, Washington football team because they're edge rushers, man. With uh, Chase Young, Montez Sweat, uh, Ryan Kerrigan, they all get up the field. They like to get after the quarterback. I mean, a scenario where you're running some of these powers and counters, but you're hitting it more downhill, A-gap, B-gap, instead of trying to bounce it outside, I think that could definitely be something that could, you know, formulate some success if they – didn't want to go back to some of the pre-snap shifts and motions that we've right. recommended right. multiple times now, but for, yeah, they're, they're not doing that. So, yeah, <laughs> we got to go to the, to the next option then. All right. <laughs> Second question, the drop passes by the wide receivers. Was this the perfect game for it to happen? Uh, in terms of – I mean, if it's going to get right the rest of the year, correct. yeah. But I do think that the drops were more of a direct relation to the lack of practice time. Um, you're not working on jug machines in your apartment – not everybody <laughs> has that type of money to have a jug machine, and it's not like they were getting the ball thrown to them. So I got you. What you mean? You don't got a right. jug machine? I got a jug. Well, machine. Well, I was gonna say some people I do know have those at the house, but they are very much uh, compensated <laughs> handsomely, or at least used to be. But um, I think that that was a, a relation to that. Also, some of the tackling issues that we saw a little bit, though those things happen when you're not able to practice. Um, you can watch that stuff on tape. You can study as much film as you want, but catching the ball, tackling those angles, and, and just how fast the ball comes to you, how you see it. Some stuff you actually have to be on the field practicing and working on to do at a high level once the, the game starts. And I think that was more so a relation to that. I don't see that continuing on to that extent. I mean, we will have drops, obviously, but not to that extent. That was crazy on Wednesday. Yeah. Uh, last one. Besides the Moat Show, what other YouTube channels do you guys watch? 
Well, shout out to the most show shout first out to off. The first show, off. But uh for me, man, I I got a couple of things, man. Um let's see. I watch uh, All the Smoke with uh Matt Barnes and uh Steven mm-hmm. Jackson. Mm-hmm. Always like tuning in to former athletes. Um Nori Ega. You remember Nori? He he has a I podcast. Know, I know Noriega. Yeah, the real Noriega. The real Noriega. Yeah. He'll be a hundred favorite. <laughs> but yeah, um, they they have a podcast as well. Um, Drink Champs. I always like okay. tune into that on YouTube, man. Just like their style. It's more hip hop related though. Okay. Yeah. Nice. What about you, man? Nice. Uh, I like the Pat McAfee show. Yeah, uh, Pat like, McAfee. Uh, they we, post like clips. They're showing clips, so it's yes. easy to kind of watch some of the highlights. That's where the Mo Show kind of got some inspiration for him on YouTube. There we go. Absolutely. There we go. Uh, I like to watch John Oliver clips on Mondays from his show on HBO on mm-hmm. Sunday nights. I love the you know I love the British punditry. Um, and I also there's my favorite guy on YouTube. His name is WVURX Man. <laughs> so I think he's a pharmacist. Yeah. He uploads is every he a street pharmacist or cyber pharmacist. No, I think he's you know WVU is a big pharmacy. School. Oh, you know, okay, like okay, Milan okay. Pharmacy, like legal. Oh yeah, pharmacy. yeah. Oh, I just sure. I wasn't sure. Um, he uploads every football and basketball game commercial free on his YouTube channels. Oh, that's so he's my guy because you know I go that back, I go back and watch the highlights for you know for podcasts. Yeah, absolutely. And, and for all of yeah. that and. Uh, I watch every football game during basketball season. You know, like sometimes you it's miss so many it, games and so and many wacky times. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie to you guys. I do the good recording thing, but a lot of times I forget because yeah. I'm just a space cadet, and so I can always hop on WVRX Man's channel to uh, to uh, to get the get the highlights package and see what I missed. Um, let's get to some more tweets here. Uh, Oklahoma Zone wants to know about the potential of using Vince Williams in some outside linebacker type roles on a rotation basis. Yeah, um, I know people see Vince Williams and he is really good as an interior pass rusher. I mean, he specializes in it. But there is a very, very big difference between you getting a one-on-one versus a running back from the interior linebacker off-ball position compared to you going up against these six six monsters, 300-pounders that could dance with the best of them, long arms. It's just a different scenario. The the strengths that Vince have are, number one, he has the power advantage over these running backs, so they have that fear. And they have a rule where running backs can't cut in front of your center. So he knows right away that they're either going to sit back on their heels and you run them over, or they're going to lunge at you because they want right. to deliver the blow and now you're slipping them. It's not that simple on the edge. It's a lot more that, that comes into that. And when you talk about, like, arm length and, and size, like, all of those factors play into it. And also the burst as well. So as much as Vince dominates as an interior rusher, it's just a difference putting him on the edge. It would definitely hurt him. It's no different when you talk about a free safety versus a strong safety. You take Ed Reed and you have him playing in the box, it's not the same as Ed Reed playing in the post. Mm-hmm. If you have Troy playing – Every snap in the post is not the same as when Troy is in the box. They can both still be good, but it's not the same of what we're accustomed to seeing from those players. And I think with Vince, it would be a similar scenario. Could he have some success? Sure, but it's not going to be what we would be accustomed to or what we'd be expecting from him. Adam says, not going to lie, that game was hard to watch, but it was all worth it to watch Juju put that dude on skates. Yeah, we haven't talked about that today. That was awesome. I did like it. That was fun. (laughs) That was fun. Oh, and, and how about Benny Snell too with uh with Peters? Without a doubt, man. Always always love that I kind like of the stuff, physicality, particularly, man. Particularly against the Ravens. Absolutely, right? man. Uh R. Bracey, y'all always mention smoking <laughs> meat on the weekends. What kind of smokers do you use? Uh big green eggs, pellet smokers, offset smokers. I have an offset stick burner myself. Uh I'm a Traeger guy. So I'm I just a, got a a Weber smoker, man. Mine just so, came so in. So we're yeah. both pe- we both have pellet smokers. Mm-hmm. Um 
They're the smoking meats for dummies. You can set the temperature. You put the pellets in. The, the temperature's I mean, easy. Do it on your phone. We got an app for that and thing. I, I, now, right. Man. I know yeah. a lot of the purists. You know they they don't like the pellet smokers. Um, but it, it's just so easy. It's so convenient. I did though. Uh, R. Bracy, R. B. Racy, R. Bracy. Um, <laughs> I grew up. I cut my teeth on a big green egg. So I got into smoking meats. Um, Back when I was like first in college and I would come home over breaks, mm. okay? We had a neighbor, his name was Matt, and he was in his early 30s. So he was only like 10, 12 years older than me. Mm -hmm. So he wasn't like that much, you know, he was right, cool. Right, like right. him and I had a cool, a cool relationship. Old enough though. Right, old enough, but a really nice neighbor to me, was always interested in what I was doing like with school and sports and stuff like that. He had a big green egg. And mm. so I would go over and sit there with him for 18 hours and, and you know, smoke a Which brisket. Which is pretty dope, I'm and, not going to lie. And have to, have to check the temperature every hour and yeah. all that stuff. But I am on that pellet smoker and life see, now. I was going to say, easier. so for me, I have a little bit different of an approach. So I'm, my background is grilling. Like, that's my folks. Yep. That's all we ever did. Throughout my life, all I wanted to do was grill. And now it was like, all right, not only do I want to grill, but I want to get into smoking a little bit. And, yeah, shout out to my dog, Wes. He was the one who really got me on the hype <laughs> hey. chain about smoking because I was smoking on my grill. <laughs> it was a little bit different, a little, a little bit more difficult right there. Listen, Moats gives me, Moats gives me, uh, he gives me, what's the word I'm looking for? He gives me, uh, credibility on a football show. <laughs> I give him some, you know, in the, in the smoking department. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, me chiming in. Shout out to me. Uh, we got to roll through these quickly. We got a lot of I know, bro. Here. That's what I'm saying. Uh, Steelers 11-0 record. Overrated. Overachieving. Legit. Doesn't matter. Or Chiefs are still winning the Super. He gave us a lot of different options there. I, li I like all that. I mean, this is like Better than a uh, better than the SAT uh, right here. I'm I mean, I'm say like, overachieving because raise your hand if you had the Steelers going 11 and 0 before the season started. What, anyone? Whoa, 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 anyone? Wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. There is one person that has them going 16 and 0. Oh, Devin in Denver. That's right. Also on my on, on my Deke? show. No, 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 not Deke. Deke said 13 and 3. Okay. I did say 16 oh. and 0. Absolutely. You so, and Devin and Devin. So, so I'm just letting you know right now I'm still good. I said eleven and five. So I, I definitely I said mean, sixteen and zero. They could go zero and five here. And I you're right. You're right. You're right. Technically, I did say sixteen and zero. So right now, I, I mean, I'm, I'm just saying. So I feel like they're they're doing what we're supposed to be doing. You know what I mean? Like like you're right on schedule right uh, here. Me wants to know if the dr uh, the drop passes are correctable this late in the season. Oh, uh, without you a doubt. On that yeah, without a doubt, man. I, I think. Obviously, we have been seeing drops show up. I mean, we talked about with Claypool a little bit, uh, obviously in the Dallas game, and Ebron as well. The jug machines and just overall practice time, they'll be fine. It's not going to be an alarming issue. It, it won't be. Like I said, that Wednesday performance, that was more so the outlier. I mean, right. the amount that we saw Deontay drop, Ebron drop, Claypool, I mean, we could go down the list. That's not going to happen again. I would be very, very surprised yeah. if we saw Same something here. like that happen again, Same man. Here. And then his last question was about our belief in Alex Highsmith. We've talked about that a lot today, too. We believe in the guy. He's a rookie. Mm -hmm. It was a weird offseason. He hasn't had a lot of ton of spin, but we like what we've seen so far. Well, I like the fact that he uh, is coming out of Charlotte University. That's and, right. You know, I got some people down there. He so. loves the small it's school guys. Good, Arthur Motes, baby. Absolutely. It, it, and funny story. Actually, my uh, second year in the league, I actually was working. I, I not, uh, not second year, excuse me. My fourth year in the league. I work. I'm working out at Charlotte oh, University. Nice. Absolutely, nice. man. My strength coach from JMU was down there, so yeah, there I absolutely go. be There's down there. There's always a connection. Yes, baby. indeed, man. Uh, absolutely. David, the Photoshop extraordinaire says, out of curiosity, Arthur Motes, if you had to get back and ready to play a game, how mm -hmm. long would it take you? Well, 
to play a game or to play a game at a high level? That's the question. I mean, to play a game, I, I could play a game next week. I mean, honestly, <laughs> I mean, because, I mean, this is the thing, like, very similar to kind of like with, with Debo, right? Obviously, I don't post that type of stuff, but we're always grinding. We're always working out because we, I mean, we're addicts. <laughs> this is yeah, what we right. do. It Even when you That's retire. Injury to Steelers linebackers. This is what everybody wants. To like, like Joan tweeted us and said, "Would, would the body be willing to take a spot on the practice squad?" Like, like for me, it's, it was never an issue of could I still play or am I going to be in shape because I always remain within that range. Right. I just don't have the desire to do that. That's the that's the difference for me, man. And I mean, similar. I'm sure if James Harrison were to talk about it and as well, man, it, it would be a similar I'm scenario, glad you said man. That because Rudy tweets us: Are the rumors true about Debo? Uh, and how would you feel about him coming back? No, it's all smoke. It, it's, it's a lot of smoke and mirrors it, right now. And, and, you know, Debo likes to have a little fun, yeah, of anyways. Course, of course, he does. <laughs> and rightfully um, so, he's earned I, that, man. I wouldn't. I would not feel great about any 42 year old linebacker yeah. who hasn't played in a couple years coming right. back, even and if it, it is Debo, who we know is a fitness freak. Well, and I even say if you're Debo. I mean, you're going to lose out on potential earnings, which you got going on right now in the, in the broadcasting field. Right. You're looking at a seven or however many games remaining left this year before you get back. You know what I mean? So, it, it, to me, it doesn't really add up for, for his scenario either. But I don't think you need anybody. If a guy is available right now, there is a big reason why. Yes. Like, Co- you're, correct. You're, you're not finding high-quality players or players that are ready to play at a high level this weekend, correct. You're not signing out off the street in December. Everybody <laughs> we in, got somebody more. Every, Randy tweets, yeah. Motsi, you sure you don't want to come back and uh, finish listen, out man, the year? A, a, every December free agent, even me, I'm, I'm in that. I'm in that same boat. You talk about getting to go off the street in December. Yeah, he got some issues. Debo, he owed me. I've been chilling over here. I'm retired doing my radio thing. Like, like, we all got stuff. We could go down. I mean, like I said, we could go down and listen. If not just me and Debo, just multiple people. Like, if the guy is available right now. Clay Matthews, he's another one. If he's available right now, yeah. it's a reason. There's a reason. It's a reason. Uh, Russell chimes in. Uh, he said, Motes, you did call 16-0. and 0. Hey, Giving you some props there. I appreciate you, man. Appreciate uh, Adam it. wants to know, with the vicious hit on uh, Marcus Peters, can Benny Snell get a nickname? How about Benny the Rock Snell? If you smell what <laughs> Benny is cooking. Uh, like Everybody's it. always got to have a nickname. I mean, Motes. technically his nickname is Benny Snell Football. It's just a really, Benny really Snell long Football. nickname. But I thought that was his nickname. <laughs> I thought it was at least. <laughs> but I love that. I love his energy. I thought he played really well. And I like the fact that he said, hey, this is my, this is my first start on primetime. I'm taking the fine. Give me the dark boy advisor. I saw it. I said, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Make sure you talk to your CPA to write that off, though, young man. Don't 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 take that L for nothing. We got the tweets rolling in today, Motsi. I'm trying to uh, get through these because, again, a lot of them, like I said, Joan about you coming yeah. back. Um Randy, about you coming back. Uh, TC chimes in um, about Ben's comebacks this season and game-winning drives. Got to put him in the top five in the quarterback conversation. That's another fair angle to that, certainly. Um, but, 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 let's see here, just to double check. You know what? Let's let the lit one get the last uh, the, lit, lit, lit. the last word in here. Um, <laughs> she's talking about all the Edmonds haters coming back again after last week. They forget about the two picks he had the week before. Yeah. I mean, he literally. One play. It he, happened. That's, we've say, talked about that's life as a defensive back, but right? But not even that. When we talk about lack of practice, that is that right there. That's an angle. If you're breaking behind versus in front, okay, are you going for the pick? You break in front. Mm-hmm. If you can't get the pick, you want to break at an angle where you're at least at his hip. You know what I mean? You have right. one arm behind him, right. so you secure the tackle, one arm coming across to just face at the ball. 
but you don't get that on Zoom. You don't get that looking at your playbook. You don't get that watching tape. You have to physically have those reps. And in practice, that if he would have practiced every day last week or however many days they were supposed to practice last week, you see that play, that particular situation, five or six times, you got the opportunity to get your angle right. It's It's been times where I've seen Coach Tomlin stop a practice, walk back right. there to the safety and talk to the guys about the angle because it's so critical. He says, hey, at your position, you have to get the angle right with your eyes first and then you go with your feet. But if you go with your feet first and you're wrong, you don't have time to recover. But if you get your eyes right early, you can recover with your feet. And that's the things that you have to get, and you cannot get that without practice. You cannot get that without the reps. So I never, I didn't hold that against him either. Nor when the guy, when when, when Hollywood Brown broke away and uh, Mika Fitzpatrick is the last guy, and he kind of got turned around. Those are the things that happen when you're not able to work that in practice. When you're not doing right. it right. At, at a at a full speed pace, it, it just you see it differently, man. All right, Arthur Motes. Before we get out of here, something we got to get. I'm trying to get paid, so uh, you talking about showing me a little bit of that money? Show me the money. Show me the there money! There it is. Got to get the paper. Got to. All right, Arthur Motes. I love it. I love it. I'm going to make this one a little bit quicker because there won't be as much Steeler specifics in here, but I do have, like I said, a As long as it's winning specifics. That's all I care about. On the Steelers game here. Uh, Detroit Lions travel to Chicago. They're three-point underdogs, the Detroit Lions. Whoa. I like them to win, straight up. Give me the NFC dogs. Give me the I Lions like that. to beat the Bears. You can take the three points if you want the safety net, but I'll take a money line. You, money line. you probably get better the, odds money better, line too, right? Return. Absolutely. Yep. Same conversation here. The New England Patriots, two-and-a-half-point underdogs traveling across the coast to L.A. Arthur Motes, much like Mike Tomlin. L.A. Now, which L.A.? The Chargers. Much like Mike Tomlin, take a look at Bill Belichick's record against rookie quarterbacks. Oh, yeah, yeah, he's phenomenal. It's about flawless. So give me the Patriots plus two and a half in that one. We're going to parlay. You want a little parlay? If you don't parlay, I don't want to talk about you. Parlay, parlay. 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 We'll take the Dolphins and the Titans to both win Moneyline. Ooh. Ooh, okay, okay. And then you got Dolphins winning money line. Money line. Ooh. Parlay. Parlay with the Titans. Parlay, parlay, parlay. And then on Monday night, two bets that I like for Monday night football. Uh, the Washington football team is at Pittsburgh. I like the under. 43 and a half. Now I'll give you You're my You're going sp- against Beko then. I'll get, I'm going against Beko in that regard. My score's similar. My score prediction's similar. Okay. Maybe we're just missing a field goal somewhere. Okay, uh, okay. I like the under 43 and a half. Steelers on Monday. And I like the Buffalo Bills to win straight up. Mm. Money line is even on the Buffalo Bills. That's how much people are putting faith in how well the Niners have played and Buffalo ah. traveling cross country. So you can double your money so just you for got, the Bills you, to win straight I'm up. I'm about to say, man, Nick Mullins ain't pulling I that out. like it. I like it. So, again, Lions uh, Lions to win against the Bears, but you could take the plus three if it makes you feel better. Patriots plus two and a half at the Chargers. Dolphins and Titans money line parlay. The football team and the Steelers under 43 and a half. And the Buffalo Bills money line to win in San Francisco. Arthur Motes, I'm going to hit the music here and let you get us out of here. Party people! 
Hi! Yes, yes, yes. A beautiful Friday was an amazing show, man. Shout out to the Power Grid, the Megawatts for the participation. You know we can't do it without y'all, so we definitely appreciate you. Gotta shout out my producer as well, man. Mr. Wesley Euler did his thing, as always. Kept my levels clean, kept my music right, and kept the microphone sounding extra crispy. And then I also got to give a shout out to my partner in crime, man, the the, the, the B chair today, man, Mr. Wesley Yola with the good hair. I mean, for wearing, for having such good hair, he wears a lot of hats, that Wesley Yola. But they you. say that boy good, that boy good. So that's all that matters. But once again, man, got to give a big time shout out to everybody who was here, man. Shout out to my son, G Money in the building, yeah. man. Always keep the show lit on a Friday. So with that being said, man, enjoy your weekend. Look forward to hearing from you and seeing you on Monday where we get to talk about another game. That's I right. Wait, another weekday game. <sighs> and you already know where to find us on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. Steelers Nation Radio. <laughs>